0: Looking to accelerate your acting career to stand out from the pack? Join host Frank Fawcett as we ignite your acting career. Hey, ignite your acting career listeners. Do you want to ignite your acting career and take it to the next level and also support this podcast at the same time? Well, become a patron on Patreon. You can either become a supporter of the show or you can join our monthly discussions about acting. Get your acting questions answered all the way up to one-on-one individualized information from me, Frank Fawcett, host of the Ignite Your Acting Career podcast. Get your questions answered on Patreon. So join now It's patreon.com forward slash Ignite Your Acting Career. Hey, what's up? This is Frank Fawcett, host of the Ignite Your Acting Career Podcast. I want to thank you for joining me. Today, we've got a very special guest. Our special guest is Nzinga Moore. Am I saying that right?
1: You're saying it perfect. Nzinga,
0: yes. Nzinga Moore, yes. Nzinga Moore is an award-winning actor, born and raised in Oakland, California. Shout out to the Bay. She has proven to be a powerhouse on stage, winning a Denver Post Ovation Award for Best Supporting Actress in a Drama, as Lady Lady in Blue in Four Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow Is Enough. Famous play. Uh, In addition, Moore earned an outstanding Featured Actress Theater uh, at the Tampa Bay Award nominations for her last role as Mamie in Intimate Apparel. Uh, Moore not only excels on stage, but on screen as well. She's appeared in national commercials for Gatorade. Uh, She's currently writing her own series, How Worse Can It Get, where fans can expect to see her in outrageously and hilariously unpredictable scenarios. Whether it's comedy or drama, Moore is motivated by projects that challenge expectations and push boundaries. Uh, She's also the founder of Empowered to Act, .com, which is a website that we're going to discuss And uh, without further ado, I'd like to give you Nzinga more Nzinga, welcome
1: Thank you so much, Frank I really appreciate you having me on this podcast I was really excited to get your, your email And I'm glad that we were able to connect
0: Yeah, I mean, I like to think of this show as kind of a inside the actor's studio somewhat yeah. So let's start from the beginning Tell us okay. about yourself
1: So, as you said, I'm born and raised in Oakland, California, and, you know, the acting bug hit me pretty early. My mom had me uh, performing my first performance. I remember it was with my sister. I was about seven, and she entered us into this talent show at our church. And we ended up winning first prize. She wrote a Christian rap for my sister and I to perform. Oh, yeah. And we won a blow dryer. Oh, what?
0: That's (laughs) good. You're already getting paid. You're already getting paid. I
1: know, right? Yeah. So it it hit me pretty early. I really love um, being in front of people and, you know, seeing the joy um, as they light up when I perform. So.
0: That's great. That's great. So uh, I also had a, a play in church that was one of my first plays. It was a Christmas play, and I played uh, a lumberjack who cut down a Christmas tree. So there you go. <laughs> it's it's uh, humble beginnings, but you know seems to be a common theme. You know, getting that. And so uh, yeah, the church had a, a great you know position in my uh, development as an actor, of course. So tell us more about, you know, where you uh, came from. Like, did you start acting in high school, college?
1: You know know what was so interesting? I went to a really small private school. Uh, My parents really wanted to give me that foundation in a really safe environment. So it was probably a 90% African-American religious school. And I had really amazing, powerful black women who really um stood by me and kind of shoulder me up and gave me that confidence that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a lot of confidence growing up, even though I liked to perform, um, but I really needed to be in a safe environment that saw me and recognized me for who I was, um, mm-hmm. no matter what, and loved me unconditionally. And so I really thrived in that environment, but we didn't have um really formal drama school in that sense, but we did have opportunities to get on stage. We had a really dynamic music program. Mm. And so through that, we were able to put on, they weren't musicals per se, but it was, they were plays with music. So we were able to perform in that way. So any opportunity I had to be, in, be on stage, be in these plays with musicals, I always volunteered. So I found myself probably in front of people you know, a couple times a month. So I was always exercising that muscle and getting really comfortable with being in front.
0: Um, what ages were this? What this ages?
1: was I went from this school. This was from third grade to twelfth grade.
0: Oh, okay, so it was a
1: really long time. It was a small, small school. There were only twenty people in my class. Graduating wow!
0: From that. Yeah. Wow! And yeah.
1: those those students actually went off to college together, and then I I broke away and I went to San Francisco
0: State. You were the rebel. You
1: were the rebel. Yeah, I I was a rebel. I went to the campus and I just didn't feel home there. I didn't feel like I could actually study and be successful there. I don't know what it was. It was something about the energy. I just, I was like, I don't see myself here. There was a huge block. So I went to San Francisco State. I studied radio and television. Mm. Because in my mind, which we'll get into, I had a limiting belief around what was possible, even though I wanted to be a professional actor. And that's the only thing that came up. You know, when your teachers are asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want? You know, you're going to college in a year. What do you want to study? And I I had this idea that I couldn't be an actor. My mom is a doctor. My dad's an engineer. And so I said, well, I can't be an actor. I don't know where I got this belief from. Mm. And I said, but I can do something similar. And the one experience I had growing up was being a newscaster. I was able to host a, a TV show at, I think I was nine at that time. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. I said, oh, I'll, I'll be a journalist. I'll be a host. So I went to F- F- SF State
0: to oh. study journalism.
1: And Great. then after working a year, maybe less than a year, probably a, I less, lasted about a summer. I realized I didn't want to do this and i went back to school to study acting i wow. got into a program so
0: you did like your freshman year there as a, a communications or news
1: mm-hmm. degree,
0: broadcast journalism. broadcast journalism okay yeah i mean they are related in some ways and i actually see people online especially um uh, who might have started in the news but have aspirations to act now you know and it's kind of like they are cousins and it's definitely uh you know after Experiencing an acting career, it can be a safer bet, you know, if you can mm-hmm. land that type of position, but yeah. not yeah, always is fulfilling.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah, they do definitely have um, parallel skill sets. So I think it's a great opportunity for even actors if they're like, what are some other ways that I can kind of break in? Hosting is a, is a great way.
0: And then also... You've got the skills now. So when that casting call comes out for the news reporter, you can do it realistically. Because how many times have we seen that done bad, you know? It's just, yeah. yes, I'm reporting live here. And then they just mess it up the whole rest of the way. <laughs> there is a specific skill set. And um, I think Will Farrell actually has a background in broadcast journalism. So playing Anchorman ended up allowing him to exercise those... Uh, those feelings, you know.
1: How funny, how funny, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I need to watch that movie again.
0: Yeah, man. So, okay, so you went to San Francisco State, and then you decided, because I always talk about this decision, you have to make decision if you want to further your training into an MFA, and what difference does that make in your life? So you did.
1: It was the best experience of my life. I remember, so I uh, ended up getting into the National Theater Conservatory, which is no longer. Nice. That was part of the last class from 2009 to 2012. Oh, wow. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't want this to ever end. <laughs> I was like, I don't want this to ever end. No, I, it was, again, it was a very, there were only eight of us in the program. It was a very small program. It was a safe space. Um, I just loved it. I loved my professors. I felt like I was really getting the holy grail of, mm-hmm. of acting. And I was getting all the nuggets. And I, it was such a great experience. And it also pushed me outside yeah. of my my what I thought was even possible.
0: Your
1: comfort um, zone. At, oh, my goodness. There was no comfort. It was. You have to do this, and there was just it was say yes, was really the motto say yes. Mm -hmm.
0: I was reading the breakdown of that program, and it's very similar to the program I went through at NYU just three years of like getting out of your comfort zone, three years of really focusing on craft and games, and like you said, trapeze. I know you did some circus, we did that too. Like, I don't know what it is about the circus, guys, but take that circus training or clown training it'll open up worlds for you as an actor so yeah did you have any significant experiences there because you guys were associated with the theater so were you doing uh professional productions while you were there as well yes
1: yeah, so that was part of how the program worked that we were really brought in as kind of the ensemble some people did get lead roles um at the denver center That's um, worked hand in hand with the denver center theater company we had a great mentorship where a lot of the professional actors in the company would come and mentor us and take us on. Um, I actually had an interesting experience with that. I was really driven, and I actually I broke some, some rules. I actually oh. do professional um, performances outside of the program, which generally isn't allowed. It, it's actually unheard of, but mm. um, like they were doing – To Kill a Mockingbird, and this particular performance didn't really highlight the Black experience, and a lot of the Black actors, unfortunately, were really just kind of in the courtroom scenes, and the other, and Tom scenes, they were all really cut down. It's really eliminated a lot of that part of the story, which I think was very important to To Kill a Mockingbird. And um, I ended up getting cast in... Trying to think of the name of it. Clybourne Park. Oh, yes. phenomenal role. The Raisin
0: in the Sun continuation. Yes. Yes. All right.
1: And my dean, I talked to him and he said, you know, we think this is going to be a better opportunity for you than standing in the courtroom and kind of watching actors. And we'll let you do that. Wow. And actually got away with it twice. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I pulled it off because there were some people who were like, you can't do that. And I was like, well... They said I could, you know, and I was very open with, hey, this is what I would like to do. Can I do this, please? And the Denver community, I love that theater community. It's a really small community, um, really supportive. So everyone kind of knew knew each other. The dean knew the artistic director Mm -hmm. at Curious Theater that was putting it on. And so it was just really easy to kind of do. Get in the ebb and flow, and it just felt like an extended version. Who were the artist. Training.
0: who were the artistic director and dean at the time? Oh. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, I but I just wanted they to know if I knew them. Definitely
1: <laughs> did put me on the spot. Um, I can look his.
0: his no, nah, don't worry about up, it.
1: But I don't actually remember their names.
0: It's okay. Shout. So we, we, we'll charge it to love. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not my heart. Charge it to to my mind, not my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But okay. All right, that's cool. That's cool. So, so basically, um, all right. After you got out of grad school, you did your grad school thing. What were you thinking? I need to really go at this professional career, and what market do I now go into? Um,
1: so, so, I was actually really torn because I was getting my heart was saying to actually continue training and study musical theater. I okay. And innately, I'm a singer. That's like my first realization that I had a gift, that I could do something
0: mm-hmm.
1: really well. And yeah. unfortunately, in our program, the gentleman who would have regular, regularly taught us, he actually passed. Oh. And so we had an oh, yeah. interim voice teacher. And I just, I had a lot of, I think I've actually picked up on some of her energy. She was actually going through a lot of personal stuff. And somehow, I I don't know, it was was really not the best experience. And I wanted to have that training because I knew it would be a great asset in my career. And I knew it wasn't something that I wanted to walk away from. I wanted Mm -hmm. to incorporate it in other things that I was doing professionally. And so I'd applied to a number of different schools. I ended up, not going to uh, study musical theater. Later on I did, but I ended up going back home because I was cast in a show and I ended up working professionally in the Bay Area and, you know, extended regionally. um, Hey, that's even
0: better. (laughs) That's even better.
1: It was better, yeah, but I did really want to, I did really want to do the musical theater thing. So I did, later on, I ended up doing a year at Stevens College in Missouri
0: because
1: I wanted that training. That was really important to me.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Well, I mean, hey, you know, you get it where you can, you know, you yeah, get that education sure. where you can. And I, I I think working professionally is some of the best education as well. You know, so you definitely stepped out there. And so you were doing the regional circuit, I would mm-hmm. think. Okay. So you were based, you had an agent manager. Did you get that situated or you Actually, got your own no, work? This
1: was, I was getting my own work. I wow. really, um, that's good. First, I have no limiting beliefs around theater. I mm-hmm. just reach out and tell people why I should be in this role and please me <laughs> an audition. And yeah. that's kind of how the ball rolled. And, you know, an artistic director would move on to another theater and I would reach out to them. And it was just as doors opened, I just continued to knock on them. And they said, yeah, we'll give you a shot. So absolutely. you hear that, everybody? Great experience.
0: You hear that, everybody? Networking. Mm-hmm. Networking. She kept the people that she had met in uh other theaters, kept their information and made sure to reach out when it came up. Hmm. That's great. That's good advice. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's ninety percent of what our business is, I would say, is about creating relationships, nurturing them, and you know, they keep the same people keep popping up in different places, I swear. I did a show yep. out here a theater uh showcase and all of a sudden i'm seeing somebody from my first day of grad school wow. in new york and he's working as uh he works for los angeles times as a as a videographer but now he was a director in this this program so yeah it's really isn't really it dark. funny
1: Rick, how small the world really is in acting yes. it's
0: small I mean, I we probably know a lot of the same people, Loki, <laughs> You know, yeah. just just from being around. Now that you're in LA too, oh yeah, it gets even smaller when you come to LA. <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah, what what uh you're back, you're on the West Coast now. What what uh prompted that move? Was there a, something in particular?
1: So, I was working on so, yeah, there was something in particular, but it was kind of a journey. I was really wanting to stop traveling. I wanted to settle down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, I set myself up and got a dog.
0: Oh, that'll, <laughs> that, be, that that'll really keep you in place.
1: Your ability to travel, right? Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I wanted to really figure out how I could parlay my next adventure. And so I started writing and I started creating my own work and I was working on a YouTube series, um, a comedy series, and I was interviewing and talking to a lot of people. And one gentleman who was a professor, I don't remember his name, at USC, he said, why are you in the Bay Area? Why aren't you in LA? He's like, as you're building your YouTube channel, you can also build your career and you can work it from both ends right now. You're kind of just angling the industry with this, this one thing. And I was like, Oh, well, uh." and Mm. so he teased me enough. And then I had a best friend who had just moved here to LA as well. And she's like, I think you should be out here. I really think you need to be in LA. Wow!
0: And,
1: And it kept just, eating at me. I never wanted to instinctively move to Los Angeles. It wasn't, an, I never had an urge. Mm-hmm. I never went, Oh yeah, LA, it's the place. <laughs> but you know, I try to be as open and flexible, especially if there are people who are kind of telling me the same message and I'm like, Oh, is this the universe really inspiring? Yes. Are they, is he, is the universe trying to tell me something now? Do I need to listen? And so I did listen. I really listened, and I decided to make the move.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's how it happens, man. And and that, I I mean, my career is a perfect perfect parallel to that. It's just tripping forward in some ways. I'm like, what? I'm supposed to be doing what? I can't move to LA right now. I don't even have a car. <laughs> uh, my mother shows up with a car in New York City to drive me across country. Yeah, it happened wow. just like that. That was the first trip to LA, but. We can get into some some more depths of that with your other topic we're going to talk about, Empowered to Act. This is your website, which I came across, and that really struck me. And I think that's why we're here, honestly. You know, you talk about the universe saying things. Tell us about EmpoweredToAct.com.
1: Sure. So I moved here about three, four years ago, and, you know, As a professional working actors, I had my 10,000 hours. I, everything, you know, surface level, I'm ready to go. I, I have agents wanting to sign me. I am ready to go. But internally, I felt blocked. I felt like something wasn't right within me and I could not put my finger on it. I could not put my finger on it. So what did I do? I hired this coach. I hired that coach to really help me break through. It's like I wasn't showing up for my career in the way that I knew I could. I wasn't feeling empowered walking into an audition room. Mm-hmm. And it's important that when you walk in, you own that space that you don't feel you know like you're asking for handouts or desperation. They can smell it on you. Oh yeah. And I knew that I needed to step back and take a break and figure this out. So after hiring coaches and not really getting any traction in my career, I went to this one workshop. I will never forget it. The person there said, your professional growth will not exceed your personal growth.
0: Hmm.
1: And it was like a light bulb went off and I finally got the key to what I was looking for this entire time. So I thought, oh, new headshots. Oh, a coach to help me with business. Um that you know, she's on a she's a series regular. Let me talk yep. to her. Oh, um, it's my auditioning skills. Oh, it's a better network. Oh, it's new representation. I thought it was all these externalities. Mm-hmm. And it was really my internal state that I needed to work on. I had stopped wow. growing personally. Yeah. And so my professional growth stalled. It was like
0: not not
1: <laughs> no longer. And I could feel it, but I, I just couldn't put my, put the words to it.
0: How long was this outside of school? Like, did, like, were you good all the way through school and then you felt something change?
1: I was, I was good up until, well, so no. So here's the <laughs>
0: thing, right? So no. Yes.
1: So I thought I was good, but of course I'm, I'm operating with things that can only grow my career to a certain level. And then uh-huh. I so I thought I was good until I was no longer getting those career wins, mm-hmm. right? Because what happens is the same tools, the same kind of strategies that you've used in your life to get you so far are the same things that you're going to have to unlearn, that you're going to have to let go of in order to keep moving forward.
0: Wow. Wow. Mm. That's so, a tough one. So those right? tools that you So saying, those
1: behavioral patterns those are start patterns. being those things that were sabotaging my career movement. Oh, they were man. They were no longer helping me. Instead, they were holding me back.
0: Exactly.
1: So I decided after, you know, coming here, I got stuck in the worst survival job of my life. Oh. I ended up, um, what
0: was it? We like the trade war stories. Here.
1: <laughs> I was a server at this hotel and, um, it was awful. It was, it was terrible. No one cared about anything. And for me, <laughs> I put pride in everything I do. Yeah. And one day the phone didn't work. The computers were down. Um we were walking the the tickets all the way to the kitchen which was outside of the restaurant. I was like, oh, so I can't do a good job here even if I want to.
0: Right. <laughs> <it>. Right. <laughs> I
1: message clear. This is
0: so literally hell. <laughs> yes,
1: yes. And everyone knew it. It was it was awful. Oh and the the hours that were set up, I had no time because I worked from like twelve to ten. Mm-hmm. So there were no, there was no time for me to actually put toward my career. So I found myself just in grind mode, working this job I hated. And one day, I kid you not, I was so frustrated. I looked up and I said, "I need a break." <laughs> I said that that night.
0: Wait, to I was, God or to your, your, to, your the manager. Okay. to the universe? I to the universe. Okay.
1: Because so I'm a one of my really big skill sets is a manifester and I can manifest like that. Okay. I didn't know that at the time.
0: <laughs> I said
1: it, and everything was in line. It was so truth. I could feel it. It was like firm. I was just
0: the power of words. Got it right up. Yeah. At
1: Oof. night, I was in the emergency room, unable to walk. What? Had I didn't have a break. I had a sprained knee. But for the entire year, I was unable to walk on my own.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: So that night I got back home and I said, "Okay, clearly I have been doing everything wrong. And I literally pulled I have the notebook here. I pulled out this notebook because I was I was so I I was determined. That determination never went away. But I just didn't know. And so I said, "Okay." They've told me that it's going to take a year for me to get back on my feet. Yeah. And I said, this is the time that I have been given that I need to step away and figure me out. Mm. I knew I had to do something different in order to show up differently out there.
0: How did you get injured? You got injured at the job?
1: At the job. So, And it was divine. Everything that happened was so divine, even the injury. Yeah. So, I they had moved this big banquet in, which is like this wooden bench. Yeah. And I had my tray here. And as I was walking, I couldn't see because the bench kind of jutted out Mm
0: -hmm. right
1: by my knee and Mm -hmm, I couldn't see it. And so, and I wasn't used to walking in that space because they had just moved it in like the day before. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: we, it, it, we got, um, really hit with a rush a ton of people came in and of course most of the servers had gone on break so it was just me and one other person of course so i was was rushing and i literally hit it so hard with my knee
0: Mm. three
1: people turned around they heard it and it was a loud busy and they went are you okay and i just stood there I, I stood there. You just I could cr- not. I was like, I don't know if I can move. I don't know if I can oh move. Oh my god! I just took the pain and I swallowed it. I had my friend help me off of the floor. The floor he said, yeah. grab me an ice pack, grab me an ace bandage. And I remember bandaging my knee. And he said, if we are ever caught in, in in the forest somewhere, i to be <laughs> there. It's like a war,
0: buddy. And we buddy. kept working. And we kept working. Like, it's you went through war literally with this. <laughs> And he <laughs> limped you off the field and patched you up. I don't leave it. me. Leave me. I can't. Go on without me. I got and this. And then four
1: hours later, the pain got so bad. I said, I think I need to go to security. Um, My knee is it's feeling weird. And so mm. as I'm walking down there,
0: knee geez, security,
1: it got harder and harder. And by the end of it, I was, you know. Crawling, ca- crawling in saying, help my knee. Ooh. I
0: don't know. It was awful. Yeah. Wow. Awful. Mm-hmm. Injured on the job though. So, you know, Hey, you, you, you could file a claim, but I'm, um, I don't know. If yeah, you that was,
1: that. that's another story. That's oh, okay. Story. okay. But All what right. it did was it gave me the financial stability mm-hmm. and what I thought was going to be a year of, you know, me rehabbing my knee, which it was, it ended up being a year of self-healing. And mm-hmm. healing myself mentally and emotionally. And I, I said, even after I was, I was healed and able to walk again, I dedicated my life to mindset because that is the difference maker between having a career and not having a career. It's a Mm -hmm. difference maker between, you know, really being able to live this life of happy that we all strive for and not. Mindset really covers so much. It is so essential to our lives, Mm -hmm. but it's also essential to being able to manifest the career that we want.
0: Very cool, very cool. Wow, that's good to hear because I mean, I do some, some work in the morning that is in line with that. And I think it works. It definitely works. But I'm interested more to find out how I can, just like in acting, how you can make it a repeatable action and what practices can actors bring into their lives that can keep remind us of the mindfulness we need to have in order to survive this career.
1: Yeah, be able sure. To um, well, I want to say that I actually have a gift for your audience. I don't know how I can share the link. Okay. Well, you have... can send
0: it to me. Let me okay. see.
1: Yeah. And then if you can put it in the show notes, I'd love to. Okay.
0: Um, or you can email it whatever.
1: Yeah. I'd love to give that to your audience. Um, so let me see if I can get this screen back where you are. So basically – One of the things that I realize, I can give your audience tools, and I can share those tools, but where the challenge is, and it sounds that you said that you're coming up with it, is being able to maintain those habits. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, one of the misconceptions that we have, just as people is that you can change behavior at the behavioral level. And that isn't always the case. Sometimes it is, but not always. So when you're looking at the mind, the mind is actually broken up into three levels. So if you think of an iceberg, so this is the the ocean, right? And you can see the top of the iceberg.
0: Right. That's
1: going to be the conscious part of your mind, the conscious mind, mm.
0: right? Okay.
1: So that's like, oh, I decided to pick up this pen and write something. I decided to pick up the phone and talk, and all the things that we can kind of see ourselves doing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the conscious part. Of, all the conscious decisions we, we think we make. The things you can
0: see, yeah, right there,
1: yeah. On the right. Surface. And then underneath that, the iceberg continues, and there's the subconscious mind. And then a little bit further below that is the unconscious mind. Mm. And with the subconscious and unconscious mind, that's where really the deep seated beliefs live. That's where who you are as a core person, your identity really lives. Mm-hmm. The subconscious mind, most people don't realize this, actually controls a lot of the behavior that you think is conscious. Right. My, my idea of picking this pin up just now. The subconscious had made that decision three minutes ago before consciously I even knew the, heard the words in my mind to say, pick this up.
0: Pick this up, yeah.
1: So the subconscious mind is, re- and the unconscious mind is really where the work has to happen in order to have lasting transformation. Hmm. So yeah, there are tools that you can get. Um, there is a great book <laughs> on habits, actually. And the, what he talks about is being able to not necessarily change a habit but you want to insert in a habit so if your habit is to drink a cup of water every day mm-hmm. after that or before you drink that cup of of water insert a habit of doing you know a one-minute mindfulness exercise
0: yeah kind of sounds like john acerab you ever heard of john Asurav? yes
1: that's, a book. that's, that's a book. the book that's
0: the book okay habit. yeah
1: okay. Habit. so if you want to start working on that level totally great. And of course, you know, you want to track everything because things that you track, you Mm -hmm. know, things you tracked, you attract. So you'll be able to hold that um, habit longer, but you also want to reward yourself along the way for keeping that habit. You also want to um, do it longer than 30 days as well. But if you want to really get the lasting transformation, I, I struggled with the morning routine until I really did the deeper inner work. Mm -hmm. And then I, the resistance that I'd had from the time I was a child disappeared, the negative emotions that came up when, you know, I felt like, Oh, I have to do this. And I got frustrated with myself when I didn't meditate in the morning. (laughs) And it's your own program.
0: You're mad at yourself. (laughs)
1: Right, right, and I think we we do that as actors because we know how important it is to show up to actually take action for our careers. It is necessary to become the success that we see. But when we're not doing it, then it turns into this, you know, really negative, disempowering relationship with with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to, and when I why I decided to create Empowered to Act is because. I was finally able to after years of saying why can't I take action for my career? Why can't I keep these habits? What is what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I was able to finally find the right tools. I had to walk away from all of these great acting coaches because I wasn't getting the transformation that I knew was available. Yes. And I was like, okay, it's not here in this industry. I'm going to go outside of our industry. I'm going to find it. I'm going to get certified. I'm going to train. I literally stopped acting and dedicated thousands of dollars, thousands of hours of training to really transform my life first. And then along the way, as I was talking to other actors, I realized, oh, it's not just me. I'm not Mm -hmm. this special case. This is happening to a lot of us, and we need to really
0: Absolutely. You know, my goal
1: is to change the conversation around mindset. My goal is to let actors know it is possible to transform your habits, behaviors, your beliefs, your negative emotions, but you just need the right tools. Mm. And so that's why I've created Empowered to Act, because I wanted to give actors cutting edge tools that entrepreneurs use, that athletes yes. use, the people who are operating at a high level. Use to break through any emotional, any mental barrier, so that they can really fulfill their purpose without excuses or fears.
0: Wow! And so you've you've recently started this company, or has it been for a while?
1: So I've been coaching for about two years. Okay. And I recently launched. I actually launched the website on Friday.
0: Get out of here! Look at the timing. You're on the best acting podcast. And now you have this wonderful product to offer. Guys, go check this out, man. This looks like it's going to be something that might be required learning going forward. Because I'm going to tell you, as an actor who struggled, um, I've definitely struggled. If you listen to any of the other episodes, I struggle currently. (laughs) But I am definitely on the path of mindset and empowering myself And to break through the patterns of behavior that keep you stuck in whatever rut you're in, you know?
1: That is where the work has to happen. And you do that work on the other side, because it's always breakdown to breakthrough. On the other side of it, it's just like, ah, life just feels good. Even, And that's the thing, It's because I think what happens is is we get so uh, validated Mm -hmm. from the career wins, this Mm -hmm. external validation. Once you start to do this work, whether you're having the career wins, whether you're not, you're still good. Yeah. So that no matter what comes up, you still show up as your best self. And that's what's going to continue to get you booking work. That's what's going to allow you to be in this career for the long call. That's what's going to get you to show up feeling motivated every day and con- keeping those consistent habits.
0: Wow. Wow. Guys, this mm. is this is game here. This is the real game. This is the the real game is the internal game. Yeah. I mean, because how many times have we seen celebrities who got that level of success and still were not fulfilled? Mm-hmm. They got the everything that check off the list. They've got it. Even Will Smith is going through it right now, where he had thoughts of suicide recently. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like after what would be called a brilliant run through our our field. Now you know, uh, you just say what you want to say about his acting, but it's ridiculous, and and it is a lot of pressure. And I always say that too. I was like when a lot of times there is craft that holds us back from from uh feeling fulfilled and sometimes actors use other things to cope with that or not being able to get back to that feeling this is the same thing yeah. you use your craft to get to the next level so use this internal craft to get yourself to the next level get your body your your spiritual being to the next mm-hmm. level
1: and what's so interesting about this work that I didn't plan on, but kind of came up as this really great surprise is that you actually become a better actor from oh, doing yeah. this
0: work. Yes.
1: Because your vessel is no longer full. You know, you're kind of full to the brim with all these bad experiences, these mm-hmm. bad breakups, these lost of loved ones. It is challenging when you're that full and you're feeling that emotion all the way up to step in and fully embrace all the the all-encompassing emotional life of that character you're trying to portray. And so what this work allows you to do is really give you the emotional IQ, IQ that you need, your emotional IQ raises and you have this emotional dexterity to really be able to move through emotions in a way that you've never had before. You're no longer bogged down. You're, you're more like, how do I, how do I want to feel today? And how can I step into this character in a way that doesn't make me need to rehab for two months after playing this character, right? I can move I in and out of it. And walk <laughs>
0: I got a friend yeah. who just did that. Yeah, I got a friend who went to Africa to to detox from a character. Man, I was like, wow. wow. Yeah, it's yeah. real. It's real, man. It is. It
1: is. It is. So
0: yeah, you got to have a healthy outlook on things and mm-hmm. approach it healthily. Because honestly, it seems like what it is is you're saying you become your vocabulary to move through emotions becomes more fluid. You get to. You get to really step into these characters and then put them back because you're in a great place. You know yes. what I mean?
1: Yes. I liken it to Sisyphus. I don't know if you know the Greek oh, God. Yeah. Pushing the
0: rock up the hill. Yes.
1: You know, that's, we, we don't want to walk into our, cause we, so we're, we, we we are coming to this life with everything we need. We are already great divine beings. And what happens is we have these experiences and that's where our beliefs comes in. That's where we hold on to these emotions. That's where we really have that big rock that we're pushing or this this backpack of, of, oh, well, I know this person doesn't like me or I know this isn't. you know, you're you're replaying (laughs) those stories again and again from your past and being able to walk away from that is this freeing uplifting experience hmm. and that's where you want to be as an actor it's why when you you know you kind of see these people who have this it factor they talk about that charisma oh, yeah. and yeah. they just can they can operate as their most authentic self when it matters when the cameras are on them when it feels like a high pressure high stakes situation it's not because they really understand what this game is about and their triggers aren't showing up because they've worked through that stuff. They're not, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, you go into an audition and all of a sudden you're like, I was happy, but I I don't know. I just, you know, all this, all these other unwanted emotions come up and really sabotage the experience because people, they really want your best self. Right. They want you to the happiest, most authentic you when you show up for an audition, when you put yourself on a self tape. But a lot of times when you haven't worked through some of those triggers, some of those shadows, some of that deep seated beliefs and behaviors, it shows up when it needs to be out of the room. And that's what this allows you to do is not bring those those stories into the room and sabotage your your audition.
0: And casting directors will tell you that all the time. They'll be like, you know, we're rooting for you guys. We want you to be the perfect actor for this job. It's an opportunity for us to figure that out. And I don't think a lot of actors hear that. They're just like, oh, this casting director. Yeah, they called me in, but I haven't booked anything from them for the last 10 years. Well, year 11, you might book it (laughs) if you have the right mindset here.
1: Yes. And it's really about just getting out of your own way. This isn't – that's why I'm so – I wasn't like, oh, let me keep these tools because I give these tools away and then (laughs) someone's going to book my role. No, No, yeah. It's it's an internal competition with yourself. How can you be better next time you step into that room, next time that you go to self-tape? It's about getting out of your own way. You're the only person holding you back in this whole game.
0: Mm, mm, Okay. That's really good. That's good stuff, man. How did you – how did you – adapted during this uh, last period we've had of, uh, I don't know, of unrest in our business? Uh, How has it affected you? And like, was that part of the reason, impetus for you to put this type of product out?
1: So, uh, great question. And I know that the pandemic affected a lot of the industry and a lot of people walked away from acting. Um, What happened for me was as I was healing, I had decided at that point, am I going to go back to acting or am I going to continue on my mindset journey and really create something that I could give back to this community in a bigger and better way? And before it was January, it was about the end of January, beginning February. So right before the pandemic hit, I think it was March 15th, everyone, you know, was the oh, yeah. date. Yeah. I had made a firm decision that I was not going to go back to acting. So I decided then that I wasn't going even to go out for pilot season. And mm-hmm. when the pandemic hit, I, and, you know, we can interpret stories in our own way, but for me, this was affirmation that I was on the right track that I was supposed to continue Hollywood had closed anyway. Right. So even right. if I would do both, I wouldn't have had the option, but for me
0: and the theater, remember that?
1: The, yeah. And the theater, even some theaters still.
0: Yeah, man.
1: Right. So I saw that as affirmation to continue on. For me, I had a, a conversation with myself and with the universe with what do you want me to do with these skills? Mm-hmm. I felt there was a kind of a moral challenge for me. I felt kind of challenged morally by holding these tools and not sharing them. It yeah. felt really wrong.
0: Yeah, I know what you to, feel. To,
1: to watch my my fellow actors struggle, and I was like, "Ooh, that's that's not cool, Winsinger. What you gonna just hoard these tools and like yeah. not tell anyone about them?" So. For me, it was really important that I became a person of service to this industry, and I will tell you, being in the position of service is so much. It's opened so many more doors than coming in and and kind of asking for
0: something. Having your handout, yes,
1: having your handout, being of service has been one of the most rewarding experiences for me, and I am so glad that I decided to do it. I even when I finish my coaching calls, I'm like, do I like this more than acting? (laughs) It's so rewarding to help people. It really, really is.
0: I could totally see that. I mean, Mm -hmm. honestly, this podcast has that effect for me as well.
1: I'm sure. You know, I am sure. And and even just telling your story, how much are people learning? Yes. From being able to see what you're going through, and you're doing it in such a brave way that you're really telling the honest truth about what it is. Oh yeah. To really go through this.
0: Yep. and I think that's my leg up on a lot of other podcasts out here. I'm not saying any names, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it's definitely giving me a distinction. Let's put it like that.
1: I love it. Love yeah. it. Well, so, I want to thank you for for having this podcast and for sharing the real truth of what it looks like.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's why I was immediately attracted to what you your message was. So I'm glad we had this conversation. Anything else you want to tell us? Where you we can find you next? Where you can find? Sure. You on, yeah. On so
1: every, every so you can always reach out to me. Empoweredtoact.com. Okay. You can email me at nzinga at empoweredtoact.com. Um, Frank, I, I'm going to share with you the lead magnet that they can get. I'm not supposed to okay. say that word. No, I got free you. the gift that they can get. Um, and then every month with one-on-one Next Level, okay. we do the third Thursday, I host a live mindset call. Okay, so and that's one-on-one on one LA?
0: One-on-one on one one
1: LA? On, uh, Next Level LA, one-on-one New York.
0: Shout out to one on one L.A. I actually haven't been to L.A., but I've used their New York service and um, great classes, you know, check them out. So she's actually teaching at one on one as well. So,
1: yeah, so we do a live um, it's going to be a live mindset call. It's November 18th, but it's every third Thursday, um, 11 a.m., 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
0: Okay. very cool. Very cool. Everybody. Nzinga Moore, thank you for joining us. Once again, this is Frank Fawcett with the Ignite Your Acting Career podcast. Thank you all. And thank you, Nzinga, for blessing us with this information. Um, you can find me at Frank Fawcett on everything just about. Uh, you can also check Ignite Your Acting Career. I think we're going to start putting up some more uh, proper website stuff. I mean, I've I've been... You know, it's kind of hard to run a website when social media is your website these days, but I think it's time. I keep getting approached to build a website for this, but I, so I will. And um, yeah, man, it's going to be beautiful. So and Zinga, thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Hey, Ignite Your Acting Career listeners. Do you want to ignite your acting career and take it to the next level? And also support this podcast at the same time? Well, become a patron on Patreon. You can either become a supporter of the show or you can join our monthly discussions about acting. Get your acting questions answered all the way up to one-on-one individualized information from me, Frank Fawcett, host of the Ignite Your Acting Career podcast. Get your questions answered on Patreon. So join now. It's patreon.com forward slash ignites your acting career.